Titus, Pastor Twyman, to our assistant pastor, Reverend Minor, to my preach brethren, to the deacons, to the trustees, to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a blessing to be here. I want to thank the committee again for allowing me this opportunity to share some scattered remarks. And we pray that what we say will be a blessing to you. Given the time that we live in, I think it's appropriate to go back to some foundational truths. And as I prayed and meditated, the Lord led me to share with us from a very, very, very familiar passage of scripture located in the book of Psalms. We want to uplift the 23rd number of Psalms. I think we live in a day and time where we need to be reminded of the relationship that we have with such a wonderful God. The 23rd number of Psalm in its entirety. And you can say it with me. Amen. But say it like you mean it. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. For a few moments, I want to remind us of the provision, the protection, and the power of the great shepherd. The provision, protection, and power of the great shepherd. We all know that the 23rd number of Psalms is one of the most quoted and known scriptures of the Bible. It's been read time and time again at home goings and funerals. We even see it on greeting cards. And what's interesting, people who never even step foot in the church can quote the 23rd number of Psalms. What's interesting about this psalm is not the fact that it's popular. What's interesting about this psalm is the fact to those who understand what it means, 
is powerful and it is pertinent. The 23rd in number of Psalms is nestled or couched between two other powerful Psalms. The 22nd number of Psalms and the 24th number of Psalms. The 23rd number of Psalms, if you will, can serve as a bridge between our justification and our glorification. But nestled right here in this 23rd number of Psalm is the process of our sanctification. Do I have any Bible readers in here? These three Psalms provide us a vivid description of Jesus Christ. It gives us the description of Christ as being the good shepherd. That's what the 22nd number of Psalm is about. It's about Jesus and the good shepherd. The 24th number of Psalm highlights to us that he is the chief shepherd. The one who's coming back to sit on the throne of David and reign forever. And right here in this 23rd number of Psalm, he is known as the great shepherd. The great shepherd, the one that we can have this relationship with. But it's interesting that as David has penned these words, how in the 22nd number of Psalms, how he is going to foreshadow what Christ will experience on Calvary's cross. It starts out by saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yeah, you do know that even though David wrote those words, those words were announced by Jesus Christ as he hung on an old rugged cross. Do I have one or two witnesses in here? David pins here that in this 22nd number of Psalm of Christ being the good shepherd. In verse 18, he says that they parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And you know what it is that that's exactly what happened to our Lord and Savior. They mocked him. They spit on him. But what makes him the good shepherd is what he announced in the 10th chapter of John. Come and follow me, if you will. In verse 11, he says that, listen, I am the good shepherd. And, and, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I don't know about you, but that should do something to our hearts. And knowing that Jesus gave his sacrificial offering of himself and his blood to reconcile you and I back to God. Do I have a witness in here? He is the good shepherd. But not only is he the good shepherd, he's also coming back as the chief shepherd. 
The 24th number of Psalms just points it out to us. In verse 7 it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? Who is the king of glory right now? Well, the Lord is strong and mighty. And he's mighty in battle. Anybody know him to be the chief shepherd? Yeah, yeah, but now here it is. In this 23rd number of Psalms. Where he is the great shepherd. David pins these words and says that the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say a shepherd. He didn't say maybe he's a shepherd. But he says that he is my shepherd. And that's personal. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know what the Lord has done for me. David is speaking to some experiences that he has had with God. And those experiences he likened to his own. You do know that David was a shepherd boy that tended his father's flock. And, and so David, as he pins these words, he remembers his own experiences, but he likens it to the relationship that is personal and intimate between him and God. Every single one of us should have an intimate and personal relationship with God. I, I can't tell you what God done for you. I can only attest to what he has done for me. The Lord is my shepherd. And listen, let me put this pen here. You will never, ever experience God being your shepherd until you know him as Lord. Let me say that again. You will never experience God being your shepherd if you don't accept, if you do not fall up under his lordship. He is the Lord. And in his lordship, we are his subjects. We carry out what he tells us what to do. I no longer live for myself, but I live for him. And if I live for him, then I am acknowledging and I am worshiping his lordship. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and, and it's funny that David outlines it this way, that he is making distinction here between the Lord and, and is saying that the Lord in third person is his shepherd. And you have to know the characteristics of a shepherd. A shepherd is patient. A shepherd is kind. A shepherd is one who will sacrifice himself in order for the sheep to be able to function and move. A shepherd is one who leads and guides the sheep. 
And listen, everybody that say that they a shepherd ain't a shepherd. Do you hear what I'm saying in here? It's some characteristics of a shepherd that has to be acknowledged. So as we look at the provisions or what the Lord provides to us as the great shepherd, here's what we first find out. I shall not want. The reason I don't want is because the Lord is my shepherd. Did you hear what I said in here? The reason I don't want is because the shepherd satisfies my every need. And he does that for you and I. Don't you know that? Listen, if God woke you up this morning and you got some clothes to put on, you have some food to put in your stomach, you have some gas in your car to make it to this house to give him praise and worship him in spirit and truth, I shall not want. We take so much for granted when it comes to this relationship that we have with God. God doesn't want us to take his loving kindness for granted. It cost him too much. It cost him the death and burial and resurrection of his son. So when we think about the provisions of the great shepherd. There's three R's that we have to acknowledge when it comes to understanding his provisions. Look, if you will, at verse two. It says that he maketh me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. What's interesting about sheep as well as cows is that their digestive system is a little bit different. It's different than you and I. Amen. Because when sheep or cows eat grass, it creates cud. And that cud gets digested, but they have different pockets within their stomach. So in case that they're lying down, they could just simply regurgitate what they've already eaten. Hang on with me. The same is true for you and I as children of God. Because we are supposed to be feeding on the word of God so that when the life circumstances happen, we can what? We can recall what he's already promised. That's why we should study to show ourselves approved. A workman need have not be ashamed, but what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, it's going to be some times and situations occur in this life. You ain't going to have time to run to a Bible. But you're gonna, you should be able to dwell in God's word. You ought to spend time in God's word so that when you need his word, the Holy Spirit can remind you what his word says especially in times of trial and tribulation, especially in times of heartache and pain, especially in times when you just can't see your way. God will send a word. 
but he can only send it to where it's been placed. The Lord maketh me to lie down. One of the first R's of his provision is rest. Rest. God wants you to rest. And, and, and specifically, I'm not talking about a nap. I'm not talking about just, you know, sitting somewhere and falling asleep. I'm talking about that true rest that offers us peace of mind. Don't you know that we live in a world that's so chaotic that it's hard to just simply get peace of mind? But the Lord offers us rest. That's why he said he maketh me to lie down. And that lying down promotes rest in him. But not only does he make of us lie down, but he leadeth me beside the still waters. So this is the job of the shepherd. The shepherd is the one who was sought out water. And I heard a preacher put it like this. He, he described that, that sheep don't like being around running water. And the reason why is because if they get in the water and that water gets on their wool, they'll fall upside down and their legs will be up in the air and they will drown. And, and, and so what the shepherd does is the shepherd will dig a trench from that water so that the water can draw down into a steel pond. That way that the sheep can go and what? Drink and refresh themselves. Do you see what I'm saying here? That the same God that we serve, don't you know that he can make a trench out of your circumstances? Don't you know he can make a trench out of the situations that you find yourself in so that he can dig a trench in such a way that you can become refreshed and renewed in the power of his spirit? Thank God for his rest. Thank God for the fact that he refreshes us. But then lastly, thank God for his restoration. Look at verse 3. He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. So as we look at God's provisions, as we look at this restoration, because the word restore here in the text means to go back. It means to return or to repair. One thing we know about sheep, sheep have a tendency to stray. Sheep have a tendency to move away from the flock or the fold. And the same is true for you and I as Christians. We have a tendency to stray. Hello. We have a tendency to walk away from God. But even in those times that we go astray, even in those times that we go away from God, don't you know that God is waiting on you so that he can restore you? So he can repair what was 
broken. Don't you know that sin breaks the fellowship with God? But we serve a God deep that's so good that says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Not you and I, but he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord allows us to be restored. And if you think about what Jesus said, in the parable of the lost sheep that's located in Luke chapter 15. Listen to what Jesus says. What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it. And when he cometh, and, 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 and he will call his friends and his neighbors together, saying, listen unto them, rejoice with me, for I have, what, found my sheep that was lost. And I say unto you, that likewise, that uh, ye shall be like in the kingdom of heaven, that heaven will rejoice over one sinner that was found, as opposed to 99 who just think they are that. You are not too far out of God's reach. You are not too far out of his reach for him to grab you and bring you back to safety, bring you back to the security that only the great shepherd can offer. I know it for myself. There's been times in my life where I wanted to walk away from all of this. But the shepherd had called me back through various circumstances and situations. Listen, don't ignore what you go through. Because what you go through may be the very path that can bring you back to God. Do I have a witness in here? I, I know that some of y'all have been good all your life. I know that you have had it going on. I know that you never made no mistakes. But I'm talking about Eric Shoemate right now. I have made plenty of mistakes. I have fallen. I have fallen short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God. He restores my soul. Do I have a witness in here? I ain't always have it right. But I think that he's patient with me and that his loving kindness for me, that he can look beyond my faults and supply my every need. Yeah. The great shepherd. We talked about his provisions. But now we need to talk about his protection. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk, yea, though I walk. He didn't say run, Deke. He didn't say skip. He didn't say stand still. But he said, yea, though I walk. And you know anything about walking, it takes time to get where you're going. Amen. And that's what the Lord is sharing with us right now, that although we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and, and you know what? Can I tell us something? 
all of us are qualified to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every day that God wakes you up, trust me when I tell you, you are in the shadow of death. Death is real. But here's the difference. It is our perspective on what it is that we are going through while we are walking through our valley of death. It's the perspective that we have. And you know what? In our perspective, it's going to determine either we're going to activate our faith or we're going to activate our fear. Look what David says. David says, I will fear no evil. That, that's the proper response. That's the proper perspective to have as you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to hold on to what you know about God and your experiences with him to inform you in those moments of trial, in those moments of adversity, in those moments of confusion. I will fear no evil. You know what fear is. It's the false expectation appearing real. But I want to remind us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a what? Sound mind. Hold on to your mind. Don't let Satan manipulate you in your mind. That's what he seeks to do. He seeks to discourage you. He seeks to try his best to deter you from what the Lord is calling you to do. I fear no evil. For why? Because thou art with me. Fear and faith cannot reside in the same vessel. Fear and faith cannot reside on the altar of our heart. Either one is going to stay and the other is going to go. But here's the difference. We make the choice. We make the choice. Either we're going to respond to the circumstances of life through our faith or we're going to respond to the circumstances in life through our fear. And you know what that tells us? That tells us how much we truly value the relationship that we have with the great shepherd. Do I have a witness in here? The battle is for the mind. And anytime that we focus on fear, we will lose sight of God's protection for us. But not only does the great shepherd provide you and I protection, while we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But here's what I love about it. He protects us from our enemies. Think about this. Look at what David says in verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Can I tell us something? You got some enemies. In case you didn't know, those folk on Facebook don't like you. Those people on Instagram are not your friends. You have some enemies 
around you, and some of them could be right in your own house. Do I have a witness in here? Here's the beauty of God's protection, though. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So in other words, the folk that want to try to get at you, they just simply can't get at you. Why? Because the Lord is with you. He is protecting you. He is keeping you, right? That is the beauty of God's protection. That even those that will come and harm us, God protects us, right? David said it like this in the 27th number of Psalms. The Lord is the light, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came up to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fail. Though a host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me. Listen, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your enemies can't do nothing with you. They can't do nothing to you. All they can do is watch and see as the Lord blesses you. Because that's what that table is. Don't you know that, brothers and sisters? Go ahead and keep living your life for God. Never mind what other folk have to say about it. Never mind who like you and don't like you. Because the truth of the matter is, they ain't even like Jesus. So what makes you think they're going to like you? In the presence of my enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. And that's something else of the responsibility of a shepherd. You see, the sheep, as they graze, as they go along, and their wool is getting heavier and heavier, and they are hot. And, and then sometimes in their frustration, they will rub their head in the ground. They will rub their head in the ground because they are parasites, they are insects, there are different things that is agitating their skin. And the shepherd will come and put some oil on top of their head to provide them with some relief. That's the same thing that God does with you and I, that the things that will irritate us in life. Don't you know that we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us so that we can know how to respond to the things that will agitate us and even the people who agitate us. I know you don't have no enemies. You ain't got nobody to get on your nerves. I know I do. I got some folk that show enough get on my nerves. And it's not that pretty woman sitting right there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't want no long ride home. <laughs> As we come to a close, we talked about the provision of the great shepherd. We talked about the fact that in his provision, he offer, offers us rest, refreshment, and restoration. We talked about the protection of the great shepherd. 
in the fact that in the reality of life that we have to live, we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. And we are walking. And in that walk, we have to learn how to activate our faith and not our fear. And, and, and not only does the Lord protect us in those type of circumstances, but he also protects us from folk who mean to do us harm, our enemies, that he will prepare a table, right, in the presence of our enemies so that the blessings that God is bestowing upon you and I, nobody can do anything about it. But now we need to look at the power of the great shepherd. In verse 6. Here it is. Surely. 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 Goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. Listen, when you got up this morning, don't you know that goodness was on one side of you and mercy was on the other side of you? As you drove through 94, the Lodge 96, Telegraph, whatever way you got to get here. Don't you know that goodness was on one side and mercy was on the other so that it allowed you to make it here safely so that you could give God all the praise that he deserves? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, not some of the days, but all the days of my life. It doesn't cut off. It doesn't stop. In spite of the way that I may behave sometimes, it doesn't stop. Why? Because that's who God is. Right? It speaks to the fact that he gives us grace. He, he, he gives us things that we don't deserve. But in his mercy, he hold back what we really do deserve. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? The great shepherd. The great shepherd. The power of the great shepherd. That power said that, listen, no man takes my life, but that I lay it down. And I, if I had the power to lay it down, don't you know I got the power to bring it back up? Don't you know what I'm talking about? That Jesus came down through 40 and two generations, provided sight for the blind, healed the sick, he gave strength to weak bones. But don't you know that they took my Jesus from judgment hall to judgment hall. They couldn't find no fault with him. But they said crucify him. Don't you know that Jesus was walked upon the hill. An old rugged nasty hill called Golgotha. Jesus hung upon an old rugged cross. Jesus died on that cross. Buried in a borrowed tomb. But early. Sunday morning, the great shepherd got up with all power in his hand. He declared that all power in heaven and earth is in my hand. And that power that's in Jesus' hand helps us to appreciate the provisions, the protection, and the power of the great shepherd. As we stand together, there may be someone here who don't know this great shepherd. It may be someone here who have gone...